This is the Whirly Bear Productions podcast, where I discuss film finance and distribution with filmmakers and entertainment lawyers. Rich Felgate is the award-winning documentary filmmaker behind Finite, The Climate of Change. In this episode, we discuss sourcing funding as a first-time filmmaker through private investment and the Patagonia Fund, as well as navigating sales and distribution deals with Expresso Media. Rich Felgate, welcome to the show. So, um, I loved your film. <laughs> it was brilliant, finite, it's fantastic. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about the film and where you went to shoot it? So, the film follows two communities fighting against coal mining companies. Um, they're kind of joined together in, in, a, in a fight um, where all, all they've got left to use is direct action to save habitats and, and their homes from the destruction of, of open-cast coal mining. And it's kind of a, an inside look into the climate movement, as that's where, that's where I kind of started my filmmaking journey from, um, as an activist wanting to kind of shine a light on, on these issues and use film in order to you know, speak truth to power and uh, engage people with, with the climate emergency. It's a very powerful film. being devastated and if we are not acting now everything is going to be lost a new coal mine in the 21st century is absolutely insane we're talking about stopping climate change and at the same time we're giving in to corporate greed people are dying already because of global warming and i don't want to live knowing that i didn't try fighting and in terms of the the filming locations it's kind of it all takes place inside two protest camps um, and I spent about a year and a half living with the communities um, inside the protest camps. So like living in tree houses, living in tents and self-made structures that are blockading access to, for these mining companies to, to work, um, to kind of destroy habitats. Um, where these, these blockades are basically people just living in the way, putting their bodies on the line and forming a community on that, on that front line to stop the coal diggers coming in. So you were an activist before you were a filmmaker. Um, I'm wondering, for the funding of the film, did you apply for the funding first or were you out there in the trenches first and then you got the funding? Which way around did it happen? And where did you get the funding from? I know you got the, you're awarded the Patagonia Media Grant. Um, where else did you get the funding from and what was the, the process like? So we did a crowdfunding campaign um, to fund post-production and then um, kind of approached some uh, kind of investors, like environmental ph- philanthropists to kind of put in chunks of money, nothing, we didn't have any uh, kind of major investors into the, the project, it was all on a on a shoestring budget really and um, the filming process was kind of completely self-funded so when um, when I mentioned about 
living in the protest camps whilst filming. That was the the essence of the story, but it was also a kind of a financial necessity. So it was it was only possible to spend a year and a half filming because you don't have to pay rent in a protest camp. Um, so you know, I just uh, basically got the the cheapest 4K camera I could get. Like got some some basic equipment, and then lived this lifestyle where I didn't didn't need to pay rent, didn't need much money to get by, and that was the only way it was really possible to spend so much time, really just dedicate my life to, to filming the project. And the environmental philanthropists you talk about, how did you get in contact with them? Were they people that you knew already or were they friends of friends or how did you, how did you find them? And um, did you pitch them the film? Was it difficult to get them on board? Yeah, so we, so we got in touch via Network for Social Change and kind of you know, initially had a, had a funder my understanding is, is activists campaigning kind of funding rather than the film industry. Um, but yeah, we um, made contact with a with an investor that kind of initially put just a small amount of money into the project just to help kind of tie things um, tie things over, um, be able to like pay for some transcriptions to be done when we started the edit and then you know after after we did the crowdfunding campaign um then we were able to kind of go back with some footage to kind of show show where the project was going and have negotiate kind of a a larger amount to be to be put in in return for kind of a, a stake in in profits of the of the project, but it was very much on the basis of just kind of honest honest communication about just believing in the story that this is something that that needs to be needs to be told and it can make some change in the world rather than a, a business opportunity, let's say. And um, we had a a similar kind of dynamic with one of our exec producers who. Put in, um, put in some money as we started the editing process just to kind of be able to um, help cover some of my costs whilst I was also working part-time in the evenings and then being able to just get started with the editing process during the daytime. And it was similar kind of return for a stake in the project, but I guess this this belief that it's just supporting in a in a in a good idea and an important story rather than um, kind of an investment where money is likely to where like profitability is likely to to come out of it. Um, I mean, you know, to make filmmaking sustainable, we we still we still want to be able to generate revenue from the project, but that wasn't the the baseline of this this investment really. What's the Patagonia Media grant? That was the first decent sized chunk of money that we had in put into the project, which then enabled us to bring on an editor. And that was really a game changer. She's a fantastic editor, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, really great. And working with you know, someone who's really experienced, really um, 
recognized and established in in their field there was just so much to learn from and then yeah being able to take the project from a, a first-time filmmaker figuring out how to do everything as I go along to actually someone that's been through the process has got years of of um, honing the craft that really was a turning point for the project and you know, wouldn't wouldn't have been possible without someone with money believing in it like Patagonia did. How did you get in contact with her? Just through uh, someone I met at a film festival, another filmmaker just asked, I just asked them, you know, do, do you know any editors, anyone you recommend? So I just um, completely cold emailed, said, just des- describe the project and um, you know, often it's the case that you email people and you know you never you never get a response. But yeah, I guess this is one of those times where where it actually worked. Um, so yeah, Ariadna and I just had a chat about the project, and you know she she was just engaged with the story, thought it was something important, and yeah, and it went from there. Do you still own the rights to the film? So we're working with um, a distributor called Espresso Media, and. They have the, so they have the kind of TV streaming on demand rights exclusively, um, and then theatrical and educational is is non-exclusive. So whilst they are kind of working on the TV distribution side of things, we're running an impact campaign with um, with screenings where it's the, the rights are kind of held by me essentially. Right, so you're marketing it yourself for the theatrical side of it? A mixture of screenings, really. So some in some, some cinemas, some in uh, more kind of uh, grassroots community screenings. So we're working with different activist groups to screen the film in order to support campaigns that they're working on. Um, so some of those have been kind of quite DIY, it's been screened in. Um, protest camps in universities in um, social centres, community centres that kind of thing we've got some cinema screenings coming up, I guess it's always felt like um, a big theatrical release would be um, would be great but it it didn't feel like the most realistic thing for this film or necessarily um, the one of the central things we'd be would be aiming for is to get as many as many people to watch the film as possible by getting it on TV and streaming, and then to make an impact with the film by um, getting people together in a room and watching it and discussing. We've seen this film about the climate emergency what are we going to do about the climate emergency now? And that's what we're doing with, with activist groups. It's kind of um, yeah, I, I think that's the that's one of the ways, the ways to do it um, rather than depending on a theatrical release. It's kind of always felt like we can we can be sure that we can get some 
we can collaborate with activist groups to screen the film, but it's always felt like a bit of an unknown, bit of a really uh, tall order to get it into cinemas across the country. So we weren't kind of pinning, our, pinning all our hopes on that. What platforms is it going to be on? Um, so it's... And where is it going to be broadcast in terms of television? So it's going to be broadcast on NHK in Japan. Um, and that's, that's a shorter, like, 52-minute TV format of the film, which we, we cut with... Um, as part of the deal with Espresso was to make this alternate version, uh, which kind of opens options for TV slots that are just an hour rather than for a whole whole feature film. Um, so yeah, that's going to be the, the first TV broadcast coming up in, I'm not exactly sure, it hasn't been announced exactly when it's going to be, but I think it's around the beginning of this year. Um, in the in the near future, and then um, yeah, we've got a couple of other deals um, which I don't think have been publicly announced. So <laughs> I'm not not sure exactly what I should um, what I should say. But yeah, kind of public broadcasters in in Europe. Um, I guess we're it's been taken up by a few smaller territories first, and then we're hoping we can um, get something a bit uh, get something in the UK and in Germany as well, where that's, where that's the main focus of the film. So the contract that you've signed with Expresso Media is there an end date on that contract? So it's seven years, and then we have a three and a half year break clause. So after three and a half years, you know, we can part ways if we want. Is that international? Yeah. And you're doing very well on the festival circuit now, aren't you? Yeah, it's gone really well. Um, it's kind of it's exciting. took a while to, to get going, I guess, at getting the, the premiere, you know. There's, for all the festivals you get into, there's many, many more. <laughs> rejections so you know but you know once you get get off the mark with the premiere and um i guess generate a little bit of buzz around the film it gets seen, seen around places and it it's kind of snowballed a bit it's been a, mm. about 20 festivals now how have you found it networking at film festivals with this project i feel like i've i've made it as a bit of an outsider in the film industry kind of um, popped up with this film and it hasn't really been on the the radar of, of anything. I haven't known many people in the industry or or made it through the kind of more conventional means of funding. Um, so yeah, festivals have been a really good way to actually get to know more of the ins and outs of the festivals. Um, how it works for more kind of established filmmakers in terms of pitching for funding for future projects and just yeah getting to know the circuit really there's all these um 
forums and festivals that are major kind of landmarks on the on the film circuit. But you know, if you're coming in as, as a new as a newbie, you can just be totally oblivious to some of the really significant ones. So yeah, I've kind of just it's been a great opportunity to just massively expand my my network and um, and just the the lay of the land for for film funding, distribution, and whatnot. With the contracts that you signed, do you? I know it's early days, but do you have an agent yet, or did you get a lawyer to look over them? Didn't get a, a lawyer to look over, but um, yeah, we showed one of our exec producers, and um, you know, who's got lots of experience and been, has been through this process many times, kind of the whole the whole way through um, distribution. It was key to just ask people who've, who've done it before um, and get really, yeah, really useful advice and kind of reassurance um, and just not really rush into anything. And, um, you know, also just talking with other filmmakers who've worked with with various distributors, just ask, like, you know, what's, what's the experience been like? just having honest conversations about um, about how their experience has been in order to you know, know if we're, what's best for the film, basically. Was there a lot of negotiation when you were talking about the contract? I'd say a lot of discussion, but it wasn't so much kind of negotiation about trying to get something different to what was being offered, but just we were learning about the process. So there's lots of kind of um, just figuring out how it works. You know, um, it's great so the d distributor was able to just kind of talk us through the process about how um, how the release would look. Um, you know, how how things work with the rights and with different different territories. So it was more we dedicated some time to just figuring out the process before making a decision and kind of going into the, the contract. Have you met some other wildlife and documentary filmmakers that you want to work with in the future? And what other plans do you have? Yeah, so um, I'm working on a new film um, also about climate activism, following the group Just Stop Oil. Um, so, uh, yeah, they were in the, they've been in the news quite a lot. Uh, over the last few months, so it's kind of um, so I've been filming a bit of an inside look since they started, and it's kind of gradually gradually building up into to a new project. And um, yeah, I, I guess with you know meeting other filmmakers, you just you never know someone you meet um, at a film festival or something you might collaborate in years down the line. Um, so, you know, one of the exec producers that helped out with Finite, um, we're working on this project kind of a bit, a bit more closely. So, yeah, it's making those uh, initial collaborations, I guess, you know, grow further down the line.
what advice would you have given yourself before you started this project? Don't jump in at the deep end like I did. Um, you're ma- making a, a feature. That's a fun Yeah, make, making a, a feature as my first film without really much much experience um, was definitely made it, I think, a much more gruelling process, but I guess it kind of, you know, paid off in the end. Um, but I think there's a lot to be said for building up, you know, starting with shorts, learning the, honing your craft, building up your kind of reputation a bit more than going in as a, as a nobody and having this really steep mountain to climb in order just to just to complete the film but then I guess the other the other main bit of advice would be to just to learn from more experienced people in the industry and I guess be be aware of your kind of limitations um, by you know, seeking to work with more, more experienced people, because um, ultimately it's, you know, going in as a, as a first-time filmmaker. I think a, a crew, you know, something I, that would have perhaps made made finite, um, a bit of an easier process would be to have got in with a more experienced producer. So in terms of applying for funding and just, you know, just navigating the process, it's, you've got someone there with you who A, knows how to do it, and then B, is a safe pair of hands, isn't very high risk for, for funders. Um, so that was always an issue with, um, with Finite, you know, working with myself and a co-producer is also first time feature doc maker you look at us on paper and it's just massive risk <laughs> um, we did we'd never we hadn't proven that we could make a, a feature documentary let alone a good one <laughs> um, so yeah I think collaborating and learning from people that are more experienced you know it might be fully getting a producer on board or just, just getting advice. Um, you know, never, never be afraid to reach out to people um, just for advice. I mean, I think a lot of the time you won't get an email back, but then sometimes you will. And then that can be the start of a collaboration or just you know, being able to learn from someone that's done it all before and can just kind of hop on a Zoom call for half an hour or an hour and you just kind of, you know, you get loads of advice, loads of feedback on what you're doing and it just kind of, uh, you know, might might save you loads of time being able to just pinpoint something where you're, where you're going wrong and, and changing direction and just having a, a sounding board that's, you know, can, can just offer advice well i think you absolutely pulled it off um from watching the film you would never guess that you'd never made a short before um the film's fantastic so 
you did extremely well. That must have been very daunting. How much footage did you come back with? How many hours of footage? Um, a lot. I think about 300 hours. I mean, I never, never tallied it up completely, but something, something in that region. So how long did you spend in post then? Um, so, I mean, the editing process was even even longer than filming. Um, that was a good, yeah, two, three years. I guess there, there was a part where um, post-production was kind of in two, two separate halves. There was a time where we were just starting out and it was um, kind of just me going through the footage with, with really no clue what I was doing. And then almost, then when we could bring um, bring Ariadna on board as, as editor, then we we almost started again in lots of ways. Um, yeah, just kind of on a bit of a, uh, yeah, actually putting it together in a completely different process. And it, you definitely got the message across. You know, it's, it's, um, it's another, bit of advice is, yeah, I guess to be able to, I guess, yeah, just reflect on, you know, and enjoy what you have done, because it's, you know, it's often a bit of a festival and you're kind of, on the one hand, enjoying the film, but then also thinking about the next thing and kind of putting, almost, it's easy to put on a bit of pressure about, um, you know, not just enjoying the completion of the film and the impact that it has, but you know, looking to pushing to try and get it on onto TV and you know, setting up uh, an expectation to and a bit of pressure to to achieve that. Do you want to share some links for the film? Yeah. Um, so check out our website. It's firenight-film.com and. Uh, yeah, that's the place to see all the screenings we've got coming up. At the moment, it's playing in some cities across Germany. Um, and we're going to have a screening tour across the UK from mid-February onwards. And uh, so, yeah, that will be in some select cinemas. And then also you're working with, with activist groups to make an impact and, and share the film. Um, and then... Hopefully we'll have a wider release um, to watch at home sometime after that. Um, and yeah, we're on social media at Finite Doc, and um, I guess we we post quite a lot of stuff about uh, campaigns that people can get involved with. Like right now, um, in the same region of Germany is where we. We shot the film. Many of the same activists are defending a village called Lutzera that's um, being destroyed to expand coal mine. And basically, right now, police are, are moving in to evict hundreds of protesters that are basically putting their, their bodies in between the coal diggers and this village. Um, so there's a, there's a big, big protest camp there. And it's going to be quite, uh, quite something. So yeah, we're we're supporting that that campaign, that front line, and trying to get people to 
to join and to support. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on the show. You've been excellent. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I think it's it's really important to, uh, yeah, I guess talk. I guess share yeah share some experience I've I've had as uh, quite a new filmmaker, kind of learning lots of ways how not to do things. <laughs> and, um, so yeah. Being able to share some experience so perhaps people don't make the same mistakes and you know we can all, all learn from each other. That's really valuable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what it's about. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me.